and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. Who has their Bibles at church? Turn your Bible on, I should say. to 1 Kings chapter 17. Over the next couple of weeks, I'll be drawing from this story from the life of Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 17, the verses are available for you on the screen as well. Bible says, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, There shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed at the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. The context of the story is Ahab is the king of Israel. His wife, Jezebel, is a worshipper of false gods. She's a worshipper of of Baal and Asherah. Between Ahab and Jezebel, they moved the hearts of God's people away from Yahweh to the worship of Baal. Jezebel is so evil that she kills many of the prophets of God's people and financially supports the prophets of Baal. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, on the pages of Scripture, turns up a prophet by the name of Elijah. And Elijah stands before the king, King Ahab, and says, there will be no rain and there will be no dew on the land except at my word. Now, Elijah is now known to Ahab as a troublemaker because he prophesies no rain because Baal was the God who would take care of rain and look after the crops. And so by Elijah, come on church, prophesying this, he's attacking the very thing that they tried to move God's people towards. Elijah is the enemy of the state. We can call him public enemy, number one. 
Now, Elijah is commanded by God to go and hide at a water brook named Cherith. And God does something supernatural for him. In fact, it's, it's two parts we could say to this. The Lord says to him, as you stay by the brook Cherith, uh, you make your home there during this drought. Of course, it was a place that Elijah would be able to draw water from the stream. This was now, watch this, this was his home. But you can have water, but how many of you know you also need food? So in the morning, the ravens would bring meat to him. And in the evening, the ravens would bring meat as well again. So this was the original Uber Eats. Who loves Uber Eats? Don't, just don't like it too much. It's not good for the budget. <laughs> now, watch this. His provision was given to him in two ways. First, he's parked by the brook. Every day he can go, he can drink as much as he wants. It wasn't a miracle. It was something that was a day-to-day provision. And in the provision of God, God gives to you things that are day-to-day. Turn the tap on, you've got water. You don't turn the tap on when you go home this afternoon to boil your kettle so you can have a cup of tea. You don't fall down on your knees and say, I've never seen water. It's just day-to-day provision. However, the ravens, that was supernatural. And so Elijah's mechanism of resource and provision or the instrument of provision at that time was day-to-day blessing and, watch this, the supernatural. And that is the life of spirit people. It's day-to-day, the blessing of God, but every now and again, thank God, come on church now, thank God for the supernatural. This is the life of Elijah. But he's in the very will of God and the thing that was a source of provision for him simply because of a drought started to dry up. So what was a flowing stream started to turn into a trickle. Now you can be, church, in the very, in the middle of the will of God and something that God has blessed you with can actually dry up. So how do we respond? How do we respond when the very thing that God sent to sustain you has lost its ability to do so? In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7, it says, after, or, and it happened, excuse me, after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now watch what happens. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, if your brook has started to dry up, God has a plan. And his plan 
is for you to hear the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord came to him saying. Now, simply through a word, it shifted him. And the will of God for us when it comes to provision is it's not a static scenario in our lives. Often there's a movement and the call of God is in stages, step by step. And we've got to learn to move as God moves. A cloud by day and a fire by night. So three encouragements we're going to draw from today as we prepare our hearts in grace and in faith for this giving season. Number one, God's provision is forever, but His method of provision is temporary. Can we say that again? God's provision is forever, but His method of provision is temporary. Now here's a question. Surely God could have actually sustained him at the brook Cherith. If God wanted to, this is not coffee, by the way. I don't drink coffee when I preach. It's hot water and honey. Would have been good if it was coffee, but not while you're preaching. Surely God could have sustained him at Cherith. But watch this. Elijah needed to grow in his faith. And we move in the purposes of God from faith to faith. But here's the difficult part. And the difficult part is that the miracle is actually, will actually only come about where there's a need. And your faith does not grow unless there's a need. And if there's not a need to challenge you, there'll be no word to stir you. It's the need that shifts you. It's the need that moves you to go to God. Now for Elijah, some Bible commentators say that he was at the Brook Cherith at this point in time for about a year. Uber Eats, Morning, evening, good lifestyle. He can drink as much as he wants from the brook. And the provision and the mechanism and the instrument that God used to sustain him became a habitual lifestyle. And when the brook starts to dry up in our lives and things don't work out in the way that we wanted them to work, Question is for us, have we been so caught up in the bucket that we've forgotten about the fountain? And it's there to shift our hearts and our thinking. Are our eyes actually on the source? Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by. Christ Jesus. So the Lord speaks to Elijah and says to him in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 9, Arise, go to Zarephath and dwell there. See, I have commanded 
a widow there to provide for you. Now, if I was Elijah, instantly I would know that the widows were some of the poorest in Israel. But this must be a different kind of widow. She's got a Bentley at the front. She's got air conditioning in her home. Uh, She's got 10 fridges full of food. She's got a stereo system in the house. And he gets there. And the Lord uses an unusual source. This poor widow was herself at the point of death. Now, we've got a problem here. Because if you continue to read the narrative, it appears as though as Elijah is the most insensitive and unaware person on the planet. This is me, I'd be no good in this story. Ah, terrible. (laughs) Here's a needy person who has limitation and lack, and you would have thought that God would have sent him to a big city, big resource, big house, big barns. But God sends him to a widow. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 10. Let's pick up the story. And he called to her and said, please, excuse me, bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Verse 11, and she was going to get it. He called out to her and said, so she's going to get water. (laughs) And he's like, hey, while you're there, do you think you'd be able to get me some bread as well? (laughs) So she says, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar and see I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. What a bad request from Elijah. This guy does not have a pastoral heart. Who knows what I'm talking about? It's like one of our pastors going to visit someone and all they've got is a slice of bread, a quarter tin of Milo, and they say, I'll have that. Thank you very much. This poor widow, little water, handful of flour, little oil. Verse 13, and Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Now, think about this. (laughs) They're at the point of death. And he's like, before you look after you, look after Elijah first, me first. And she had already told him, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that we can have our last little bit to eat and we're kind of preparing to die. And against all parental instinct, the woman is asked to give Elijah something to eat first before feeding herself and her son. Now, Elijah gives her a word, however. And in the word, in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 14, he says, if you do this, thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up. In other words, 
there'll be a continual supernatural flow, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. No evidence that this has already happened. Because I'd like a sign, right? You're about to die and this brother's asking for your food before you can eat and your son, you know, you know when you're on a plane and those oxygen masks come down, what do they say? Put it on yourself first, then do, then look after your child. Elijah's like, put the oxygen mask on me first, then you, then your son. That's against Qantas' instructions right there, right? And we are introduced to one of the great people of faith of the Bible. A widow, all she had was a word. This right here, Horizon Church, is the lesson of faith. A word from God. And here's the power in the miracle. The power in the miracle was she gave to him first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But come on, church, you know the verse seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. First four verses of our Bible, what does it say? In the beginning, God first. He's always first. He's never last. He's always number one. Mums, this is a real mum with a real son. This is a great, gigantic, significant step of faith. One commentator said about this widow, this was faith of the true sort, heroic faith, a faith that asks no questions. Could it be that the miracle that God is moving Horizon Church towards now requires a people, come on, of faith? Alone, and you'll hear Roger speak about this, Roger Head, one of our board members, in a couple of weeks' time. Next month, our loan will officially go under $2 million. Church, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there in this faithful stewardship that God has called us to, to pay down this thing. <laughs> so that the resource can go to souls, families, healing our community. But to get there, I believe prophetically, we're in the place of faith. Is he still first? Is he still in the beginning, God? Do we still believe Matthew chapter six, verse 33? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Here's my point. 
Number two, God will never ask you for more than what you have. Who knows that to be true? But He will always ask you for all that you have. Whew. Come on, Brad. Break it down. Are there any disciples in the house this morning? Why? Because how many of you know he's not a partial saviour? And how many of you know he's not a partial Lord? All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Thank you, Jesus. Can we keep going? Are you doing okay today? Are there any people of faith at Horizon Church this morning? When the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? Number three, she did what seemed unreasonable, but God gave to her or gave her the impossible. She did what seemed unreasonable, but God gave her the impossible. Giving seems unreasonable. Sowing seems unreasonable. But I'm going to preach a sermon in a couple of weeks' time uh, that helps to shift our mindset between the difference between bearing the seed and sowing the seed. You see, when you bury something, it's a feeling of loss. But when you sow something, there's an expectation that something will rise. And if giving for you is a feeling of loss, that's because you believe that giving is a burial service. It's the chance to say goodbye and to grieve over something that you were connected to. Whereas sowing believes, I have an expectation that something's gonna rise from the ground. 30, 60, hundredfold, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully, sowing seed, will reap bountifully. Anyway, I was about to start preaching that sermon, but we better stick to Elijah and the widow. <laughs> she did what seemed unreasonable, but God gave her the impossible. Hebrews 11 verse one, you know the verse. Come on, you good Pentecostals. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Come on, not yet seen. That is faith. Hope is a desire. Watch this. Faith is an action. Because faith without a corresponding action, the Bible says, is dead. You doing okay? Can we keep reading? 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 15. So she went. Can that be said of you in this giving season? So, come on, that's three powerful words right there. Come on, church. Come on, front row. Help me now. So she went. 
and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. The bowl, just as was prophesied, just as was promised, the bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. She'd go to the bowl, gather some flour, make a cheesecake. <laughs> Lunchtime, we should make carrot cake. Go to the bowl. Oh, what? It's flour again. Yes, <laughs> all the flour, get some oil. It's like, I feel like mud cake tonight. Chocolate mud cake. Like that, no, tiramisu's better. Let, let's see this. Like, goes there. What? Still there? <laughs> this was Baker's Delight on steroids. Just kept coming. Now, watch this. The famine was raging all around her. Right? But in her sphere of influence was blessing. Don't let the external dictate to you what should be happening in the internal. If you choose to follow that system, you will be caught along with it. The world prospers through buying and selling. The kingdom prospers through giving and receiving. Because Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. The Psalmist said, Psalm 32 verse seven, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. This blessing, watch this, was so powerful. It met Elijah's need. <laughs> Come on now. It met her need. It met her son's need. And in fact, anybody who was in her sphere of influence was blessed. She became a channel and a conduit of blessing. Come on, how many of you desire to be a channel and a conduit of blessing? She went and did according to the Word of the Lord. Can I speak faith in your heart? There are momentary blessings. Who knows that to be true? You hang out, someone buys you a coffee. Oh, you're awesome. You get some bacon and eggs. They say, I'll pay for it. You're awesome. Momentary blessings. This, however, church, which I wanna prophesy over you, was a seasonal blessing. It lasted for seasons. Whew. Just digest that one just for a little while because I don't think you got it but it was a goodie anyway. Years ago, Alison and I felt called to plant a church. Didn't have much, but the Word of the Lord, come on, was alive. It was alive. God says, plant a church, 
plant a church, I'd go and pray every time. Plant a church, plant a church. I like where I am, God. Lord says, plant a church. You need to plant a church. Where do you want us to plant a church? You need to go to Perth, plant a church. Now, at that time, Perth was experiencing a mining boom and prices went through the roof. There was a rental shortage and it was just like, Lord, I I don't know how we're going to afford this. And that verse kept coming to my heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. But once I was a youth pastor and there was one of our young guys in our youth ministry who was studying law and commerce. God had blessed him. He had moved overseas and he had become an Australasia manager for a company. Over time, he bought up Perth (laughs) and bought houses. And out of the blue, he calls me and he says, Brad, I heard you and Alison, you're coming to Perth to plant a church. I'm like, we are. Because I just felt in my heart that if you need somewhere to live, I've got a whole heap of houses. Just choose one and you can stay there rent free. All around it was raging. But in here, there was peace. She went and did according to the Word of the Lord. We had to do what seemed unreasonable. Watch this. But God gave us the impossible. This giving season, come on, who feels stirred this morning? I ain't begging you. (laughs) That's not what this is about. This is not about a contribution. This is not about burying seed so that you experience loss. This is about a people of faith who have a desire to advance the Kingdom and to sow and to see the chains of Satan broken over people's lives. That's what this is all about. So I'm calling you church to a place of faith. Just like the widow that we read about here today, she went and did according to the Word of the Lord. May God give you a word. May He burden your heart. May He put something in your spirit so that you, your family, and everyone in your sphere of influence will be blessed in Jesus' mighty Name. Can you say Amen? So Father in Heaven, we thank You today for Your blessing. Thank You for Your favour. Thank You for the goodness of our God. Thank You, Jesus, with a grateful heart. Lord, as we prepare our hearts for the give later on this month, may You begin to stir our faith, move our faith in Jesus' wonderful Name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.